Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. just keeping on talking 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 we're gonna talk like it's 1999 well we're gonna talk like it's episode 99 because it is uh (laughs) i am your co-host mark blankenship and here with me as always is the teddy (laughs) ruxpin-esque i don't know sarah bunting sarah debunting hey sarah hello (laughs) yay uh sarah what have you you have selected the song for the day uh, so I have. what have what um, have you selected for us? We will be listening to Little Red Corvette by uh, Prince, his his Majesty, his Lordship, uh, the late Prince Rogers Nelson. Uh, it occurred to me that we had not really discussed a Prince song. I think we might have talked about him in passing in various other episodes and singles. But Here's another here's another thing that brought it to mind. I don't know why I dug up this um, or came to this Deadspin article from October of 2014 by Mr. Ross Bennis entitled Prince Songs to Fuck To Ranked. Uh, thank you, Internet. Uh, yes, uh, that will be in our show notes. Um, I was a little surprised by the results. Uh, he had Kiss at number one. Mm. Um. But that song is so like rude. Yeah, but I mean, maybe that's maybe that's part of the appeal though because I have certain ways that I feel about Prince's sexuality that are um in the main admiring, but uh before we get into that, let's get into as it were, uh a clip from Little Red Corvette. No move over baby. I'm pregnant <laughs> again. Uh, oh. It's it's funny. I've I think this is my uh, favorite all time Prince song. Uh, and here's here's why I think it is great to not just to fuck to, but to like think about fucking. We're gonna say the word fucking a lot. Uh, hey kids, stay in school. Um, the everything about the song is really just smart. And has such an ear for, uh, like, building to a climax. Yeah, uh, so like to speak. You, s- you start out with this husky opening vocal, and then you get, like, there's it's more driving in the chorus. And as the song goes on, the more elements that are added to the song, the more clothing is, like, on the floor. 
and it totally tracks with that like crazy makeout session that doesn't actually get any further than like a kitchen countertop before you're totally doing it yeah that's right <laughs> not not that i overthought this maybe um but i have to admire not just how uh how well this song uh the the melody the harmonies the backing vocal that like um screamer guitar is married to what is you know what is happening lyrically um like his rendition of baby have you got enough gas alone like (laughs) yeah also pregnant now um but there's something about prince's sexuality like across his catalog which i'm not as familiar with as i would like to be um but well, the man just... released like 900 songs, and there's only well, so far yes. any human being can go. Yeah, and uh, many of them are uh, extremely frank. Like, this is rather coy, <laughs> relatively speaking. Like, compared to some of the stuff on the Diamonds and Pearls album, which I had a college roommate who was super into that. And, yeah, like, he's, I mean, Let's, he's yeah. not <laughs> holding back. The song Get Off is exactly what you think it's about. It's about exactly what you think it's about. Uh, yeah. Um and like Raspberry Beret, I mean, uh, you know, do it all nights. Like he, you know, he he puts it right out there. But uh, like related to that, the there's a complete lack of shame about being about doing shameful things. Like I I love that he's just like, um, yeah, this could probably get me arrested in like 58 counties in this state. I don't care. Um He's not like we spoke in our Madonna ranking episode about how she can often be just a a freshman about her overt sexuality. Yes. And wants to shock you and like, look at me transgressing and like has transgression like written across the ass of her sweatpants. And you're like, "Uh uh-huh. Like (laughs) we, we heard you, Madge. He's just like okay, people fuck, I am a person, it's a good thing, here's a, here's a story about that happening, and then here's another story about it, and then here's a like little story within the story played you know, by my guitar, which is an extension of my penis, um, and now here's the end of the song. Like, he, there's not this like, there's no struggle with it. This is a person who's, completely contained uh confidence and shamelessness is i think something that the world is poorer for no longer having actively in it um but yeah i am you know fanning myself at my desk right now this is a great song it's very sexy and i have always appreciated that he was just like i'm dirty everyone is let, let's sing about it and enjoy it and not have it just be such a big, you know, such a big fucking, uh, like... A fucking deal, if you will. He's not angsty about it. And given when he was becoming famous in the early to mid-80s and that some of these songs came out, like, when if you, you know, if the condom broke, you could die kind of thing, that's that's really something. And then to marry it so well musically to that to that attitude is really cool. I also have always appreciated about his sexuality that he, 
he always incorporates the fact that for him, his sexuality means that sometimes he feels a little bit more vulnerable. He feels a little bit more feminine. Sometimes he feels a little bit more strong and a little bit more aggressive and a little bit more masculine. And I feel like that has always made me buy it more. Whereas almost every other pop star ever and and also every other human being seems obsessed with fronting like they're always the same all the time especially men especially straight men like i the 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 expression of sexuality by That's most so well put yeah i'm gonna write that down thank you uh most male pop stars only present their sexuality as an extension of their dominant aggression and it becomes an exhausting performance and then there's prince who is like sometimes i'm just like my mother sometimes i'm going to wear Sometimes I will present my body as a sexual object to be desired. I will wear assless pants on the VMAs. <laughs> sometimes, you know, I'm going to like, I'm going to make myself an object for you to sexualize. And sometimes I'm going to make you into an object that I sexualize. And the fluidity of that makes his sexuality feel much more exciting to me because it's like, yeah, that's actually how it is to be a human being. And it, I've been thinking a lot about this song in connection to the conversation we had about Outcast and our ongoing conversation as two whiteies talking about black male sexuality <laughs> yeah. in pop music. But isn't it interesting that Prince seems to be the exception to the rule to that? Like almost, com- I mean, obviously he was very controversial in his day, and but I feel like the controversy was different about him. And I think it's because people were threatened by his willingness to be uh passive or submissive or weak or feminine and still say that's also really sexy to me and it's part of what drives my engine yeah and i think there's also something to be uh, i think we can't dismiss his physical size or like lack of stature let's say um in his sense of self as a man of color uh, a small man of color who was coming up in this new row period that was very, um, that was trying at least to blur the lines right. in terms of like gender presentation. So he's wearing, you know, he's wearing purple boots with like a three inch heel. He's wearing a lot of ruffles. He's wearing a lot of eyeliner. I had the same haircut as Prince at a couple of different points <laughs> in my life. And I think this is someone who pretty early on decided that, um, like having no armor in that way would be his armor because who knows right. better than he what who and what he is right he's a, you know he's a man of color who is little and is you know good at music and likes to wear eye makeup and i think he just was like i'm going to you know i have no choice but to embrace this like i can't necessarily physically make you know bend anything to my will the only thing i can control is who i am and what i do but i mean he also evolved that constantly so the prince that you hear here is completely different from you know the artist formerly known as or the one where he had like that soccer mom blowout or batman era or the one who played the super bowl or whoever and i think he uh, I can't imagine that he wasn't completely in control of 
of what he let people see. But mm. I, I think he also like, I never got the sense that this was someone who was like conflicted about the ambivalence that, and the ambiguities that he showed and created in other people in people listening to his music and like his brand. Oh, I um, agree. That ambivalence was essential to his work. And, you know, then we haven't even touched on because it doesn't really come up in this song. Then there's the ambivalence of I'm a freaky sex machine and I'm also incredibly religious. And yeah, like the singles on Purple Rain, when Doves Cry is about uh, my complicated relationship to sex and my family, uh, Let's Go Crazy is about the devil and Purple Rain is about good humping i mean it's like all in the same album and guess what you're gonna have to just it's all exists at the same time yeah and that you have um like you have his various um lady projects it is such an Uh, yeah apollonia and vanity six and sheila e and yeah oh man sheila e wendy and lisa oh god yeah wendy and lisa that was That was another one I heard a lot of. Mm. Uh, yeah, they, they were. Mm, I know. Although they did go on to write a lot of songs for TV. Like I think they scored the show oh, Hero. Yeah. I think they wrote the score all of the music for the show Heroes, which is like or something like that. They. I think that's right. Uh, you know who else I also enjoyed in Action Jackson was uh, whichever one of them it was. I think hey. <laughs> I also I also learned uh, in doing research for this episode that. Apparently, Prince had the idea for Little Red Corvette when he fell asleep in the backseat of Wendy's car. So, oh, also, I was reminded that earlier in this podcast, we talked about Stand Back by Stevie Nicks, and she was inspired to write Stand Back when she heard this song. So it's like, oh, yeah, the circle is complete. And uh, I just and again, like, that's just another example of, you know, that a song is great when someone as brilliant as Stevie Nicks is like, yes, I'm going to write a song because of that and apparently prince came in we probably talked about this in that episode we did that i do remember like prince came in and played but also interestingly little red corvette was his first top 10 hit in america it was the second single from the 1999 album but it was the first top 10 hit he ever had so isn't that interesting and how old was he he was young right like could he even drink I mean, he had been releasing albums by that point for a couple of years, but let me just, let's just see. I'm going to look that up. Hold on. Give us more facts. Okay. If that came out. Oh, no, he was, I forgot how he, he, I mean, all right. Sorry. (laughs) I will stop starting sentences. He would have been like 20. 58. Yeah. So he would have been like 25. Yeah. So that's not that. He wasn't like a child. But uh, another thing that I really enjoyed about preparing for this episode was paying really close attention to the lyrics to this song because i the the vocal mix on this song is such that it's it's easy if you want to not really listen to what he's saying i mean you can hear of course it's especially by the end like you said it builds to this climax where his voice is just one of many things in the mix and there's all these other sounds and the just the the visceral rush and power of what you're hearing is really more of the point sure uh, but one of the things that's I really like about this song is the story it tells because he knows that he's he's with a woman who doesn't care about him. He know he is actually feeling emotionally hurt when he realizes how many people she has brought back to the same room 
where she, where he is now. He worries about her that she's ruining her life with her wanton promiscuity, and yet he's like, "Oh, but you know what? You're hot. Let's fuck." And it's just like yeah, a really like I can't fix this situation, so we're both here. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's it's a really great interplay between like, "Oh, I shouldn't do this, but poof, girl, take it off." And you know, by the time he gets to the line that you just clipped, where he, he says, "I'm going to, uh, I'm going to tame your little red love machine," he doesn't mean I, a literal Corvette at that point. I have no idea what he could possibly be talking no! about. No, definitely not genitalia. But yeah, it's like it's so. That's just like a really surprising amount of narrative depth to a song that is about fucking, and it's a something that. As much as we both know that we love her, Madonna has never had that much lyrical depth when she talks about fucking. And I think that's one of the things that we were that we said before was why she sometimes feels very ninth grade. Yeah, it's true. Um, I would also like to recommend on conclusion that uh, you, Mark, and you listeners go to the Prince discography page on Wikipedia. The picture of Prince, uh, first of all, he's wearing the most amazing like breastplate necklace. He's carrying a guitar. He's looking off to his right and smirking. And it just looks like either he's undressing someone with his eyes or he's like, mm-hmm. And either way, maybe it's both. Uh, but it's like the princiest picture ever. I just love it. Mm. Oh my God. And I'm looking at it now. You are right. Yeah. Right. Man. Like there's a lot going on in that picture. And wait, did I read this correctly? Is this episode actually going to drop on the anniversary of his death? No, we missed it. We missed it. We were close to the second anniversary of his death. And um, I really miss this guy and how, like how smart his sexiness is in his music. Yeah. Oh, also this is worth saying, obviously this is episode 99. So listeners, the next episode you hear will be episode 100 of Mark and Sarah talk about songs. And we've alluded to this uh, a little bit before, but we really do have something fun planned and we are excited to have you join us for that. Uh, Again, what we'll continue to say is that even Sarah and I don't exactly know what that episode's going to be about, but that's part mm-hmm. of the re that's part of the design and that will become clear soon. Exactly. Um, and thank you so much for going on this, uh, 99 episode, uh, journey. Um, you might say that we have 99 problems, but you are not one. Oh, you would say that and you'd be right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I shouldn't have said that cause it was a dumb joke, but, uh, that's what we do here. Talk to you next time. Bye. Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. 
become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.